Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Pickaxe Podcast, a brand new podcast presented by Denver Stiffs. I am your host, Adam Mades, and I'm recording remotely tonight from my home in Denver. I'm not at Jake's Food and Spirit like we usually record, um, but we will be back at Jake's next week. And we will be back at Jake's on May 17th for the NBA Draft Lottery and Stiffs Night Out. That'll be a big day for uh, Denver Nuggets fans as the Nuggets have a 21.8% chance at a top three pick. So it'll be a great opportunity for you to come down and join other Nuggets fans and trying to get some good vibes and pray to the basketball gods that we get a uh, a game-changing pick in this year's draft. So that's May 17th at Jake's Food and Spirits, 3800 Walnuts. Joining me on the phone, one of the best Twitter follows in all of basketball Twitter. He's written and contributed at places like B-Ball Breakdown, Fast Model Sports, and of course Denver Stiffs where he did the set of the week. He also has a huge library of uh, NBA and college plays on his YouTube channel. Uh, please welcome Coach Gibson Piper. How's it going, Adam? It's pretty good. Thanks a lot uh, uh, for joining me. You guys probably don't realize we, we recorded this intro about four times now, I think, as, <laughs> as I've bumbled through uh, how to properly use this recording equipment I'm, I'm, I'm very new at. But this time we should be good to go. Um, so, um, real quick, I just want to, uh, go over, I, I covered them all. I think you also have your own personal website that you use as well. Uh, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I have, uh, it's called the basketballplaybook.com where I try to upload videos and sets and kind of organize, um, my randomness from Twitter and YouTube and take the, uh, all the sets and kind of put them in like, you know, college, NBA and by team or by coach. Uh, so you can kind of go through and, and see what, what people are running and, and see the diagrams and the video at the same time. And that, that stuff is such a tremendous resource. If you're trying to learn the, the NBA game or just learn basketball in general a little bit better, um, check out his YouTube channel and his website because there's a lot of really cool stuff on there. I know um, I learn a lot from it. So I'm always, uh, you know, I'm always, I'm always taking stuff away from what he tweets or what he, what he posts on his website or, or on YouTube. So... Um, let's go ahead and dive right into it because uh, we have a lot to talk about, and I want to start <clears throat> uh, with the Nuggets, and I want to start with with head coach Mike Malone. You're a coach yourself, so I'm sure you look at coaches and, and the decisions that they make and, and the way that they coach um, a little bit more closely than others. What are your big picture impressions of, of Michael Malone this season? Yeah, I uh, I love Malone. 
Um, I think, you know, everything he's done this year has been, um, at least with the right mindset as far as decisions are concerned. So, you know, whether that's letting Moutier play a little bit, you know, letting him run the pick and roll more, giving him more freedom, or, you know, getting the young guys involved. You know, you see Gary Harris flourishing underneath them. Offensively and defensively, his X's and those are very good. Um, and they're not like everybody else. Like a lot of NBA teams run what everybody else is running. You'll see a lot of people trying to emulate what the Spurs are doing or now the Warriors, and it's not like that. You know, he's kind of setting it up for this team and this personnel and evolving from the days of his king when he had, a you know, DeMarcus Cousins to this Nuggets team where the strengths are kind of like all across the board evenly, and then Nick Gallo gets his sets and things like that. Are you, so you probably watched him a lot when he was in Sacramento. Is it, is it pretty different what the Nuggets are trying to do than what, what Malone was doing in Sacramento? Um. In a way, yes, because in Sacramento, you know, he kind of ran everything through DeMarcus, which, you know, why wouldn't you? Um, and here it's more like, you know, spread the floor, floor a little bit more, kind of get everybody involved. You know, if Gallo has an opportunity to get in isolation, he gave it to him or, you know, Moody in the pick and roll. But the sets are more like there's an option one, two, and three, whereas Sacramento is pretty much like option one get right. to Marcus and then if that if that doesn't work well you know maybe go pick and roll or something but you know he did a good job in Sacramento of playing to their strength he's done an even better job in Denver playing to their strengths I think one of the things that I've noticed with this Nuggets team is just that they have a, a lack of shooting they're one of the worst shooting teams on open shots worst three-point shooting uh, teams and I know that affects their spacing um, is there anything that he's done to try to maybe open up the paint Does, when we haven't had shooters on the court? Is there anything unique you've noticed there? Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, you know, a couple of the sets, you know, the main sets they run, um, I broke it down for you guys on this, uh, called ball screen motion. Right. And in that, you have five guys who are basically outside the paint, you know, with a ball screen on the wing, goes into a ball reversal, and then he's got about six different options out of that one set or that one formation um, that will allow kind of giving it false spacing so you keep the players outside the key you know bigs are both both out on the wing and then the guards are in the wing and then out of that they can run it into a post up you know screen the screener set they run a couple lobs out of it and it's just giving more the, the defense different looks out of that kind of false spacing right um what about defensively what are some of his tendencies you've noticed you know he 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 said a lot about that he's a defensive coach, and last week on the podcast we talked about how the Nuggets ranked towards the bottom in defensive rating. And again, a lot of the stats this year are going to be personnel. They're a super young team. They were playing, you know, they had a lot of injuries, so they had to plug some holes with guys that maybe didn't fit. But are there any defensive tendencies you notice with this team? Um, it, it's kind of varied. You know, the, a lot of the NBA teams, they change up the defensive, you know, scouting on based on who they're playing. So, like, against Clippers, they may ice the pick and roll. Or, you know, against the Lakers, they may just play blitz or, or flat, you know, just, just a soft hedge. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, lo- a lot of it really was just kind of getting the rotations right, um, which is really hard to do with a young and new team. Right. Um, especially if you know you don't you don't have somebody like Kawhi Leonard on the floor where you can just say, hey, you take this guy out of it and we'll get the rest, you know. Right. So it's got to be kind of a collaborative effort. And the biggest thing is, um, the bigs for Denver have to be a little bit better. And it's an interesting fit because, like, Fareed, you can blitz, which basically just means on a pick-and-roll, two guys kind of trap right. the pick-and-roll. 
and get it out of the ball handler's hands. But like when you got like guys like Nurkic and, and Jokic, you don't really want them running out there like that. You know, you just don't. They're not. That's not their style. So it's it's just an interesting combo. We'll see how you know they handle it. But I think they did a good job as far as improving over the year on the like the backside rotations where you know the pick and roll happens, and then the other two guys kind of have to make a decision on who they're going to guard, and how they're going to guard them. I think they've done a better job improving over that over the last few months of the season. The interesting thing about Farid is he's so athletic and he's so quick and and mobile, and yet I you know I wonder about him as a, as a like as a hedge guy or as a blitz guy because I don't know if it's a focus thing or if it's just a a, a talent thing or what it is. But so often I, I mean I think they played conservatively with him this year, having him drop mostly. But whenever he would hedge or or, or blitz, it just seemed like his footwork was so out of position. So I wonder with him. I mean, it's almost frustrating because he's so much quicker than most guys at his position, but he still seems to struggle with more aggressive um, defensive schemes. Um, but let me ask you. Yeah. yeah uh, so let's move on to Moutier here real quick. Any, any other big picture things you noticed about Moutier? Any other impressions he made as a rookie or things he needs to work on or things he's really good at? Yeah, I love how he runs the pick and roll, um, which is – for a young guard, one of the most important things. Right. Um, and it's not necessarily scoring or, like, creating or, like, trying to get others involved in the game. It's just about making the right reads. And then after that, you know, this season after this or, this, you know, a couple years down the road, being able to then be the playmaker out of it or finisher out of it. Right. So you, a, lot, a lot of times as a young player, you know, and you a new team, it's a trust issue. You, know, you you just don't trust the guys around you because they don't know you, you don't know them. So when you're attacking on a pick and roll, you get a little bit of space, you know, you pull up and you try to hit that jumper. Right. Whereas you may have made the, the, the extra pass, you know, kick to the wing and then defense has to, you know, help out and then it's one more pass and you get the hockey assist. Right. You know, and, and things like that need to be kind of learned and bought in. And I thought Moody did a good, great job of, as the year progressed, making the right reads and then be willing to give it up when, when necessary, you know, as a, as a point guard, you, you receive a high pick and roll. You're going downhill, your big six, five guard, you know, attacking in the lane. You can go a lot of times to try to finish off you know, against a big or, or finish strong. Whereas it may be, you know, the guard on the weak side collapsed in too much. So it's just two dribbles and, and then kick to the wing. Right. It's just little things like that, that, you know, after this year, he'll just need to be able to work on it. And it's great that we have all this film and they have synergy and the coach can be like, hey, you know, this is what you need to do and just make those subtle adjustments and he'll be much better because he's already making the right reads and now it's just about making the right decision. Right, and I definitely think he's a guy that um, if, if there's something to be learned, he's going to learn it. So I think from just the, like, feel and instinct part of the game and, the, and that, I think he's going to be just fine. My my wonders with him all come down to how he will finish the play. If he's going to be able to finish with contact, if he'll be able to hit the pull-up jumper, if that's the right read. Um, you know, his jumper's been kind of a topic of discussion. At the beginning of the year, there was like maybe a dozen things wrong with it, and I think at the end of the year, there's probably only a half dozen things wrong with it. So I don't know. If that, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that bodes well for him. Um, are there mechanics to maybe his jumper or to his ball handling or, or, or anything like that that you noticed? Um, I mean, the shot looks normal. Okay. When he shoots it, it doesn't look like a guy who can't shoot. Like, you know, okay. you walk in the gym, like a couple guys yeah. shoot, and you're like, that guy can't shoot. Right, right. yeah. You don't, you don't get that feel for him. You, you see that, you know, 
He's on balance. He's just, for whatever reason, when it, when it comes time for him to rise, he doesn't always like shoot. He kind of like jumps up and then, you know, get rid of it. Whereas instead of just being one motion, jump up, hit it, you know, he just kind of hesitates at times. And that's okay because, you know, that's just something he has to learn. Right. You know, when to shoot, when not to shoot. I think the biggest thing for him to really, um, I guess, simplify the game until his, his jumper kind of comes into play is the Nuggets coaching staff should be just have one film edit for him for this summer, and that should be nothing but Chris Paul in the post. Really? All it should be. Oh, yeah, it should just be watch how Chris Paul operates on the post of the guard. Because Chris Paul will he'll take you down the post and he'll score on you. And then when he scores on you, he receives a ball screen. You know, and then right. you got to defend that. And he and Moody is so strong and so gifted that he he can take smaller guards down the post and then you run a ball screen out of it. They did it a couple times this year. It didn't work great. But I love that they're trying it and they're recognizing that. But I would just make an edit of Chris Paul in the post using either using the pick and roll and or finishing as a guard and just say, Hey, this is what you need to do right now. And then you know, you can operate, you know, doing different things out of that, but then you can work on the shot because the shots are just, you just got to get in the gym and shoot. You know, right. you just got to get in the gym and shoot. And that that's easy to fix. Right. But being able to have him get in the post like that, it's so hard to guard. You know, guards don't like, you know, getting beat up and put in the post. Right. I'm, I'm a point guard. I ain't want nothing to do with the post. I stay down the pin as much as possible. We don't like that. Right. So if you get him in the post as a big guard and he can watch and do what Chris Paul does, it'll be fantastic. I think with him, I, you know, I think Moody actually kind of likes the post. He does go there somewhat, not, I wouldn't say regularly, that, but there were times, I think more than most rookie point guards, um, that he would go down there and operate. And obviously Chris yeah. Paul's a great guy because uh, for all the reasons you said, not just his post footwork and scoring, but he just understands the way that the floor balances when a point guard's down there and then everybody else kind of yeah. has to turn their head and, and the ball's down at the block. So um, that's definitely a great note. I wonder if, if that's the kind of thing a rookie works on in their first summer. Um, not whether they should, but just whether that is the type of thing he, that, that most rookies uh, would do. What yeah. Do you think? Yeah. <clears throat> I highly doubt <laughs> most rookie <laughs> point guards are, are going to be like, I should work on my post. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you think that's even not, big guys not, like uh, LeBron, you know, that's like year five for him. You know, it's not year, right. it's not year yeah. one. I'm and, gonna go work on this post game. That's almost maybe it's just a less attractive thing to work on, or or maybe there's just other things that seem more pertinent. But... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that's not really a, a sexy thing to work on. Like, you don't yeah. you don't go to like. Your, your teammates are like, hey, guys, I'm really going to get better in the post this summer. Right. You know, like nobody – I don't think anybody really says that unless you're like a big man. Like Dwight Howard might say that. Right, so right. Like, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one like guy that, that could probably teach him a lot about the post, and that's Nikola Jokic, maybe my favorite nugget yeah. on this team, probably my favorite nugget on this team, um, and kind of a, a, a surprise as well. Um, what are your big, big picture impressions of, of Jokic this season? You know, at first, I didn't, you know, you were big on him, and you loved him, and I was kind of like, really? You know, I just, <laughs> Hey, that I means you were wrong, it. man. <laughs> I'm just I know, messing. I was wrong. I was, you know, I was just, I didn't see it, you know, and, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. And, and it, it came on, and it was like, and more I watched it, I was like, man, I really like this guy. You know, it's just, when, you know, when you're watching a basketball game, you have, you know, some players get the ball and you're like, uh, I don't know about this. And then some players get the ball and you're like, man, that was a good move. That was a good pass. And they, they just do the right thing. And he's like a glue guy on steroids. 
<laughs> like you have glue guys like Shane Battier, right? They always do the right things for right. everybody everywhere. Right. But then, you know, <laughs> Jokic comes comes out and it's like, oh, he's good in the post. Oh, he can, you know, shoot a little bit, I guess. Oh, he can defend the pick and roll too. Oh, right. he's a pretty good post defender. Like he just everything he was doing, he was just like, no, I'm going to convince you that I'm a really good player. And he did. I mean, it was just, it was everything he did, he improved on. And, and he really seemed to me like the second best rookie in the league. You know, he didn't, he didn't fade right. off like Porzingis. He's not as good as Cat. And I said, okay, you know, that's, right. that's a, Who is, a yeah. pretty high standard. And, uh, and he just constantly improved and every facet of the game was good. Yeah, and that's the thing about him, right? Is he's he's just so skilled at every every basketball skill a big guy needs to have. Um, he's got great footwork, he's got great passing, he's got a great shot, and then he understands the game. And that's my thing with him is I think that's where the game is going, where your center and your power forward can't be one dimensional; they have to be multifaceted. And it seems like um, you know that's that's exactly what he is. Is there an is there a, a comparable player in the, in the league, maybe that's in their prime that you think uh, reminds you of Jokic? Oh man! Well, first of all, I don't like comparisons, <laughs> yeah. but it's okay because he's already he's already in the league, so it's okay. <laughs> like, if, like I, I don't like, like oh, the I whole see. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, okay. So you want him to fail, basically? Yeah, like, right. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's never like, gonna be this guy. He's so, LeBron you know. mixed with Ray Allen. Like, oh god, like, there's right. no way like, he's gonna like, live up to that. Yeah. Shut up. I hate. I, it drives me crazy. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I don't really know if there is a good comparison. Um, just because the league's transitioning, right. you know, you don't see too many big guys. You know, he's he's you know European big guys, so they handle the ball well naturally. Um, I, I guess. Maybe um, Pau Gasol is a good one. Yeah, I like that comp. Um, um, he's a little bit less post-up yeah. heavy and a little bit more outside on the perimeter, but but I think it's definitely yeah, a, yeah. a good comp, especially the body size and, and everything. Um, and, and if he turns out to be like Pau, I mean, that's a really good NBA career, right? You, you, know, that's, you can win that's an NBA championship with Pau Gasol. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's go on real quickly to, to, to two more. Uh, Gary Harris. What are your thoughts of him? Oh man, Gary Harris is my favorite. Really? I, I love that. I, I I love any Michigan State. I'm a, I'm an Ohio State fan, and, okay. and I love Tom Izzo. Like okay. Michigan State <laughs> is just he produces tough players wherever they like Draymond. Like yeah. I mean, he just produces guys right. that are tough. That's all he does. Right. And I I loved him when he was at Michigan State. I thought it was a great you know great pickup by the Nuggets. It's just. I don't know. I just really love his game. And he, he, when everybody was saying, like, early on, everybody just was down on him. Right. And well, last I, year I he didn't really play hardly. That. I mean, the, I mean, it was the shot factor, but yeah, and, he just didn't get in the game. Yeah. And then that's okay. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's okay to not play under a coach and play under another one that happens, you know, trust, trust factor and everything like that. But I just, I don't know. I just really like his, like, he's smooth. You know, there's players that just kind of make it look easier than normal, and he's one of those. Right. And uh, I just, I really like him. I just really do. Are there any things that, uh, any areas of concern that you have for Gary Harris as a as a player? Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, there's, there's always some. You know, like, is he going to be able to handle the ball in the pick and roll eventually? You right. know, just as, as far for a, con- or a continuity standpoint, you know, you can't just always be a guy that's running off screens or spotting up or, or cutting off. You know. Right. the basket you know are you going to be able to, you know he has to be able to improve on everything he's kind of done already and that's so, like he's got to just you know 
that was my note too for him is is of all the things for him to work on this year. I mean, his shot looks great. He cuts so well. He's strong. His defense is great. I think if he could become a better ball handler and, and playmaker, because he's kind of a really good off ball playmaker. Like he cuts into open space really well, and 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 he spaces the court really well. He's he's really smart about that kind of stuff. But if he can catch the ball, like you said, on the run. And rather than just either shoot or, or cut or what have you, but actually make a play, call out the pick and roll or reverse or whatever, drive and dish, I think that would really make the Nuggets offense a lot more potent. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, you know, when, when they run some of their sets, it can stop because just because a guy has the ball who isn't normally running a pick and roll or, like, you know, you don't really know what, you know, if Gary Harris catches the ball in the wing, it's either, like, shot or drive, and then it's kind of like, Stagnant. you know you kind of wait a little bit right whereas the best offenses always get it moving you know you keep it moving everybody's a threat you know and and i think he's not a threat but to really add to what he's already built you know as, as a good nba player now adding that pick and roll just makes you that much more potent right. and it makes the offense that much more better right what about uh uh yusef nurkic what did you think of him this season really the second half of the season which is when he started playing yeah yeah, you know, I gotta be honest. I kept getting um, Jokic and Nurkic messed up at the beginning of the season. I couldn't figure out which one was which. Every, everybody for did. like two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for like two weeks, and and you know, you'd say Nurkic, and I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of, you liked him for a while. I'm like, wait a minute, that's a different guy. So <laughs> I had to kind of figure it out early on. Um, one of the things I noticed is if he does his work early in the post, uh-huh. he seals his man or yep. gets low position, yep. he scores a lot. Yep. He scores a lot. Absolutely. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't, it's, it could go bad, you know, or it could go great depending on who's it. But like if Rudy Gobert's on him, he doesn't do his work early, right. it's probably not going <laughs> to no, be No chance. It, right? uh, but, and with yeah, his size but, and his but, build, because he's one of the strongest players in the NBA, I'll bet you there aren't five guys stronger than him in the NBA um, that if he's a guy that really, yeah, he's a guy that should do his work early on every play, every roll. He should roll all the way to contact and just seal for offensive rebounds. Same thing for post ups. Gives own that block space. Don't get pushed out. Those are the things that I think. I don't know that he's ever going to be um, Kevin McHale on the block with like you know four part yeah. moves and fakes and this and that. But I do think he can be a guy that just sets screens, does the roll, does this or that, and the next thing you know, he has you sealed under the basket and he just goes up and dunks it. Um, is that what you're seeing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He would – I mean, and they, they ran some really good action, kind of what I was talking about where, you know, he would go instead of ball screen and then bury his man and just right. seal him on the high side. And then if you throw the top or just, you know, he, he's deep in the lane with cheap post position, he just catches it and flips it in. Right. Um, if you ever watched – if anybody ever watched LeBron in Miami, every ball screen LeBron set, he would just bury that guard and put him right in the post. That's exactly what he does. He just buries them. And that's that's a great you know a great thing for a post player to have because then it just makes your job easy. You just you know you catch it and you put it in. And it's funny because you know people think of like a post a post player skill set, and they think of footwork, they think of touch, they think of passing. But really, burying your guy and just and that's a skill. As much as it's a thing that any player can learn, the instincts about who who it is you need to bury under and, and when and the timing on it that's all a skill. Um, and it's just as valuable, especially for a guy like him, as a jump shot or, or you know any other skill that a big man can have. So I think you're right on. That's defensively, I think he has incredible instincts and his ceiling is really high. Offensively, I think he'll be a little bit more. He's not going to be one dimensional, but I think he'll be less versatile. And if he can, if there's one thing he can learn, it's just how to use his size to to bury people and to gain rebounding position. Um, 
Yeah. Let's, I do, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what what would you say this team needs the most, this Nuggets roster? As you look at all the young guys, is there a certain skill or type of player that they're most missing right now to, uh, as they look to build their roster next year? That's a good question. Um, everything is kind of like it is, it's good right now. You know, you can see at every position, you know, a, a future. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more like you just got to improve on that. And then you need – you just need a pit bull. Like you need somebody with like attitude of Draymond Green. doesn't right. be as good, but the attitude of just like just give the team an edge, right. you know. And just, just somebody that's just going to like we'll say off the bench just – make everybody else in the other team hate playing against the second unit you know right just just everybody in practice because like what happens is you have the guy if he, even if he's your not top eight player right let's say he's the eight or ninth guy in practice he's going to push the starters he's right. going to get in their face he's going to make them play harder you know and that's that's where improvement comes Right. So just somebody with a little bit of an edge, and then, you know, everybody says this, 3 and D. You know, you want a right. guy to shoot the 3 and play defense, whatever. Right. You know, that's obvious. But just being able to shoot the 3 is probably the most important part of that for me. Yeah, I think, I think the shooting and defense part, Wilson Chandler probably fits that mold pretty well. He's I think he's an underrated oh, yeah. defender, Definitely. and he's got the length and everything else. Um, I don't know that he has an edge, though. He's one of the nicest guys around, and he's – He's kind of quiet. At least that's the impression I get yeah. of him. Um, but and yeah, maybe they can they can use a, a mouthpiece uh, on the defensive end, or, or just that guy that 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 yeah. kind of makes us a little bit nastier. Um, let me. Where, where would you rank the Nuggets? Are are one of many teams that are in a rebuild right now. Where would you rank them? I'm going to throw a couple teams out at you. There's Minnesota, Orlando, Milwaukee. There's the Lakers. There's Phoenix. Um, you might even throw Utah in there, although I think Utah's probably a year or two ahead just in terms of the rebuild process. Where would you put the Nuggets compared to those other young teams like that? And just in terms of upside, I, upside, I would say. Not not right now. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I would say second for upside. Really? Um, Minnesota's, the, yeah, Minnesota's the highest just because you, right. you got Cat and Wiggins and Levine and, and you right. got a higher you know, draft pick coming. But like, as far as just the future, you know, They've had a really good year with some young players. They draft well for, you know, draft position. Um, and just overall, you see, you, you can see the path, right? right? You can see them building on, on what they're doing. Definitely. Whereas, like, the Lakers, I'm not sold on. I'm sold on D'Angelo Russell. That's my guy. Ohio State, I love him. <laughs> you know, the, the, lo- the locker room is going to be a mess. Oh, my. That's, you know. I'm telling that's, you, man. Snapchat. I don't know. Do Snapchat. <laughs> um and I'm not sold on Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson right. as the future of the franchise, right? right? Orlando, yeah, they're, they're good. I love Aaron Gordon. I like him ever since Arizona. Um, he's kind of developing a little bit more of a shot. But I just don't – I don't see anybody like, like Moutier on any of those rosters. Yeah. Like, you don't – you just don't see a guy like that. I mean, even, you know, Gary Harris. Yeah. You know, Gary Harris might go start for a lot of those teams now. He's you know, he's the classic any, guy. Yeah, he's the classic guy that because he's in Denver, he's been lost. Like I really haven't heard him talked about by anybody nationally, even though he's having, I mean, as big of an improvement from year one to year two as anybody, I would say. Um, so he's yeah. kind of lost in the shuffle. I think next year people will probably start to notice a little bit more, especially if if Denver improves by you know six seven games in the standings. Yeah, I agree completely. And then you got you know, 
young European guys like, you know, Nurkic, Jokic, and, and you just have pieces, right? right? Now you have to fit those pieces together and build for the next three years. Right. I think I'm I think I'm with you in that they're probably second to Minnesota, but what I would say is that teams two, three, four, five, and six are much closer together than team one. That Minnesota team is just so so far ahead in terms of Cats by far the best player. Wiggins and Levine might be two of the top four or five players, um, if we're just talking about under twenty two or what have you. So I think it's tough to compare us to Minnesota, but hey, maybe this draft will um will will land us a superstar. Um, in turning to the draft, let's turn there real quick because I know you lot watch a lot of college basketball, a lot more than I do for sure. Um, just right off the bat, you land the number one pick. Who who are you taking? Oh, I, I get to go. I get to draft number one. You get, you get the number one. Mm, I'm going out, Buddy Heels. What? Man. Wow! Uh, with oh, number man. one. Oh. Wow! Look, I I love Buddy. I don't care for an, even at the him. NBA I'm level. Not, oh, I love Buddy. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that was a yeah. really he surprise pick. Yeah, no, and now, you know, I'm I'm not gonna be a GM. I'm not drafting. You know, I'm not right. in the rooms. I don't. I'm not sold. I guess the biggest thing I'm trying to say is I'm not sold on Ingram and Simmons. Really? Wow. <laughs> you know, like everybody. Ingram's just too – he's just not there yet for me. Uh-huh. It's just it – may, maybe he does get there, but, I mean, he's going to get killed on the defensive end. Yeah. He's just not strong enough. He just isn't. And Simmons, I don't know. He didn't make tournament. Maybe not his fault. I don't know. I don't like that. I just don't. I like winners. I like guys <laughs> who, who want to go out and just – and, I, and you know, I like free ball. So right. Buddy's a little bit by a soft spot in my heart, but you know I love Buddy. I just love him. Well, that's really interesting to say. I, I think with Brandon Egram, from what I've watched of him, and I probably watched maybe six games. I, we actually saw him in person together in, at NC State, but um, uh, yeah. But with Ingram, I think he's really, really talented. His upside is through the roof, but I think it's probably going to be a two or three year project. Um, with Simmons, I think he looks like a kind of guy that could come in and make an impact right away, but everything i've seen of him from an interview to just his social media presence and and, and it, it, you know signing with clutch sports and things like that I, I don't like to read into that stuff too much but man it's all negative um at least from my perspective so yeah. that worries me you know and, and my my uh thought process kind of goes with like with the spurs draft them right yeah yeah that's not a bad you know, way like, to think. like 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 they draft guys you know, Popovich has some great quotes about how they draft guys and what they look at and stuff like that. And you know, would would Pop draft them? You know, would, would he right. would he go? You know, so and obviously, you know, different situations. You know, you want a superstar, you go get a superstar. You think Ben Simmons is that guy? You go get him. I'm just not as high on him as other people, and that's okay. You know. Well, it's really interesting that you bring up Buddy Hield because I'm looking at CBSSports.com uh, right now at their mock draft, and they have Buddy Hield going number seven to the Denver Nuggets. Um, yeah. So that could be, <laughs> that could I've, be. I've watched every Denver game. Uh, really? More what, what is it? Oh, what do you expect of him at the NBA level? Because for one, he's kind of old, right? I think he's older than Gary Harris is, um, who will be in his yeah. third year next yeah, year. Yeah, he is. What do you expect yeah, from him at the at the NBA level? What kind of player will he be? Um, I think he can be a a really good three and D guy. Okay. I think I mean his his offensive game. You know, he kind of started off as a slasher, uh-huh. and then turned himself into like this three point 
juggernaut. You know, he, he they were running ISO sets for him in the tournament. He was, you know, driving. He was catching and shooting, coming off screen. Uh-huh. Um, his offensive game is really, really, really polished. Um, from a three-point, you know, three-point shooting standpoint, that just fits right into what the NBA is going for right now. You know, you want guys that can shoot, play multiple positions. And, I, you know, defensively, he'll have a little bit of, of learning curve. Um, but because Oklahoma ran a simplistic offense, he'll just kind of fit right in because he had to already create his own shot and create his own plays, you know, from the get-go. And his improvement from his freshman year to his senior year shows he, he'll work. Right. You know, he'll get he'll get he put the work in, he'll get the job done. He came from humble beginnings, you know, in Jamaica. He showed that picture of like the first basket or whatever he had. It was like nothing, you know, and it's just like that's the kind of guy I want. I just I just like that, you know. Uh-huh. Whether it's not you know, that's that's me being a, a high school coach and kind of appreciating that, you know, that kind of work right. and those kind of guys versus the NBA with, you know, value talent and things like that. But I just, I really like Buddy. How would you compare his game to Gary Harris's? Are they pretty similar players? Are um, they really different? Pretty similar. Um, I would say Buddy's probably more comfortable with the ball right now. Okay. You know, just from a, hand, a handling perspective at the college level from, like, if we're looking to look at, like, you know, I mean, with Gary Harris off as a sophomore, right? Yeah. I think that's right. So if you if you look at his sophomore year versus his senior year, not a direct comparison, um, but handling the ball and being a little more like like if you have Gary Harris to go ISO in college, he probably wouldn't be as potent as Buddy is, and that's okay because you look at him this year and they probably would be. So you know he learned that you know growing into it. I would say they compare. I would think Buddy's a little bit um, ahead of him offensively. Gary Harris probably a little bit ahead of Buddy defensively. Nice. Let me let me ask you about a couple other players that are kind of mentioned in that range. Chris Dunn. What are your thoughts on him? Mm, honestly, I haven't watched enough of him to really say like, oh, I like him. Or I really don't like him. Okay. Um, I, from what I've seen, he was he was a a good point guard at the college level, gotcha. um, which usually translates pretty well. Usually translates pretty well to pros. Gotcha. Are there any players that might fall to the back half? You know, the Nuggets have two picks, I think, at 15 and 19. Are there some players that are in that middle first-round area that uh, that maybe you kind of like their upside? Yeah. You know, this is always weird to me, just thinking about this area, because, like, you don't really know who's going to be there. Yeah, it's you know? kind of so, like the draw in some way. It, you know, you, you like players, but then if they are gone at nine, then, you know, right. it doesn't matter how much you like them. Uh, <laughs> I like, uh, you know, Tyler Ulis or Ulis from Kentucky is one of my favorite guys to watch. So tiny. He's like five foot nine <laughs> or whatever. I don't care. Miniature. Don't care. That's one tough son of a gun. He makes some plays, you know, and he can run the pick and roll. He reminds me of like a better Della Vadova. Okay. Huh. So like if you draft him at, at 17 and you're like, hey, two years, we want you to be our backup point guard, uh-huh. he'll be better than Della Vadova. He can run the pick and roll. He plays defense. He's tough. You know he'll do the right things, make the right plays. That's all you ask for. Gotcha. Um, I really, I really like him. Um, a couple. Of, I don't know if he'll fall here, but Denzel Valentine. Yeah, I think um, they have him that a Michigan bit State mold. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he'll fall there, but you know, if he does, obviously you snatch him up. Um, and then another guy under the radar that I don't know if a lot of people really are high on him or not. I don't really pay that much attention to it, but uh, Torian Prince from Baylor. Okay. He. He's got size. He can shoot it. He can. He, he was a great ISO player for them this year when they asked him to do it in the tournament. Um, and, and they did play zone, 
at Baylor. They're known for that matchup zone. Gotcha. So translating defensive, defensively could be an issue. But I just think for the size and the three and D guy that you're looking for, it might be worth it, worth a gamble there. You know, you got three picks in the top 17. I think it, it might be okay to take a gamble on a guy like that. I see uh, Torian Prince going right around that 19 range. Um, some people okay. it looks like a people a lot of people have him 21, 22, but that's definitely within you know the range yeah. where guys can move up. So so you know you, you reach four five spots and maybe take a gamble on him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't want to blow a first round draft pick, but at the same time, you got three, so uh, <laughs> right. I'm not I'm not running a team, so right. I'm, I'm more lackadaisical. Right. Yeah, take them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's move on to to the Cavs because I know you're a big Cavs fan, and the Cavs are are starting yeah. um, what what could be a historic run here, or it could be a very painful run. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a Cleveland. You're not a Cleveland fan. Yeah, I, I know. You, you would never say that out loud, huh? Yeah. Uh, no, jinx never. It all. No. Um, so let me just ask you here, from just from the Nuggets' perspective, um, and then we'll get into some more actual Cavs stuff. But if the Cavs fall short this year, if they don't win the championship, do you think the Cavs should move on from Kevin Love? Oh no. You think he, you think I, they should I, I hold really... on to him no matter what? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really against people who say that. Okay. Just because, like, before the Warriors were the Warriors, right? Yeah. Before the whole NBA was obsessed with small ball and trying to play small and trying to do do this and do that, Kevin Love was like a top seven or eight player in the league. Right. Like he didn't just he didn't just like lose all his skill because he's in Cleveland now. Right. He's a very in, you know integral part to that team. His shooting, whether or not people think this is true or not, his shooting as a stretch four is enormous. Right. It creates so much extra space. If you take him off, you know, and you put in, I don't know who you even put in, like Bob Dog, right? And Tristan Thompson, that's your closing lineup. You know, you know, you're Channing Fry, I guess you got now, but is he any better than Kevin Love? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like no chance. The fact He's that better Kevin, than Kevin Love is getting blamed. Yeah, no. Yeah. But like, and 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 people are like, oh, I love defense, and it's like, yeah, but that was always the case. Like the Warriors are going to trade for him, and defense fucks them too, right? Like, right. I, I don't know. Like, it is what it is. His defense isn't going to be very good, but he's trying. The like, he <laughs> he puts in effort now. Like he's he's at least trying on the He just isn't as athletic to play defense. Like uh, he's trying as hard as as hard as I've seen him play though. Well, the, the reason the, the reason I ask is because you know the Nuggets. Uh, there was a report by uh, Chris Dempsey, the the local beat writer for the Denver Post, who 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 said that the Nuggets front office has been very interested in Kevin Love all the way back to when he was in Minnesota, and are will they expect to to at least be interested and maybe even place phone calls and if Cleveland does look to move on to him. So it sounds like you don't want to move on to him, but if they were to move on from him, is there anything on the Nuggets roster that entices you that would, you know, fit a, fit the parameters of a Kevin Love trade? Um, that's an interesting question. Ah, man. Gallo would probably be the most likely one because he, yeah. he can play that four spot. He shoots the three. He can make plays. He's a good defender. It would have to be like, yeah, it would have to be like Gallo and Wilson Chandler would have to Ooh. be in the deal. <laughs> both of them. Like, like, you're not getting in love without giving up both <laughs> those guys in my eyes. Okay. You know, you're just not. Yeah. You know, I mean, as much as you, you know, you 
I don't know. I just that that would be my demand from the Cavs, and you'd probably throw in the first round draft pick. Right, right. So it'd be a pretty so, high price. You know, yeah, I mean, and it's because you know I think I didn't look at I haven't looked at the stats lately, but Kevin Love's averaging twenty and ten again. You know, like he's right. not like he's he's not like Tristan Thompson. I don't think you guys would do anything close to that. Yeah, and he's starting for the Cavs, so like you know you got the value. I think for like if and Nuggets got Kevin Love. Man, that would be fun. The offense would be amazing. I I love. I really finish. like Kevin Love a lot. I'm I'm higher on him than I think I, most here in Denver are. Um, but I think uh, the funny thing is, I wonder if Denver would be willing to part with with Gallo and Chandler, um, just on principle because their timelines changing and the rosters changing. Um, so I I mean I don't I think that's probably not a deal that either side would agree to. Um, but no, it is no. <laughs> it, it is an interesting and thought experiment. The thing with Wilson Chandler is, I think he's on a great contract too. Oh, phenomenal! Absolutely like, phenomenal. Like I like like assuming he plays. You know, it. Yeah, right. If he, <laughs> if he plays, and and for what for what he does, you know, he was one of my when when I was out in Denver, he was one of my favorite Nuggets guys to watch, just because he did he just did everything right. Yeah. You know, like he just he would make the right play, and that's yeah. that's what I love. I love that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. What, what do you think it's going yeah. to take for the Cavs to reach their potential this playoffs? Because we're kind of in year two of this team that we've assembled. I mean, there's been little tweaks and little additions and subtractions, but it's mostly the second year. Um, and I feel like the team still hasn't reached their potential. I, maybe that's overblown a little bit by the national media, but I still think they're they're only at eight or nine-tenths of what they could be. Um, first of all, do you agree with that? And second of all, what do you think it's going to take for them to get there? Yeah, they are not nowhere close to where they need to be, in my opinion. <laughs> right. And and you know, I try to um, not be a Cleveland um, cynical fan. Um, I try not to think with the, the the Cleveland mindset as a fan because it's just so depressing to be a Cleveland fan in every sport. Yeah. Um, that you want the, the, this team you know, to, to go far and you want a championship or you want to believe they can win it. But I don't. I think they're operating at maybe a six or seven right now. Um, they just don't seem – they seem like they're two losses in a series away from panicking. That that might like be if, right, if yeah. They're, you know, if they're 2-2 with Atlanta, right, mm-hmm. are they – well, oh, no. Are they 2-2 with Miami? They're like, oh, this is – you know what happens then. So dealing with that adversity can be tough. It helps to have a guy named LeBron. That, re- that really helps where he can just kind of, especially play off LeBron, where right. if he continues on. You know, he's had still had a great season this season. Uh, Bill Simmons was talking about, you know, his per 36 is right on pace for the last six seasons, as, you know, it was <laughs> this year. Um, and, like, he's just, he just is still LeBron, you know? Like, and he can turn it on whenever he feels like it. And it would be nice to have that luxury, you know, whatever you're doing in life, just turn it on whenever you feel like it. You know, the I was, thing, I, I was really sad with LeBron that, uh, it, like, last year and this year, just because the regular season he does kind of take a foot off the gas. And I was really sad because I was worried that that was what we have now. Like, we're, we're just – we're at this point where he's a step slow. But I think the last month of the season has kind of showed that, no, he just knows – He's got to coast through the season. The real the real season is the playoffs, and now we're back to having the same LeBron we've had for the last eight years or whatever it's been, where he's just dominant. Yeah, I mean, he just 
It's crazy. I mean, I unfollowed the Cavs as well, hoping that you know, <laughs> I would have improvement. You know, I, I try to, you know, follow in the steps of what. You know what what's funny? Does. You know what's oh, funny dude. is I unfollowed the Cavs too the other day. And, and when I unfollowed him, I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, oh my gosh. So we've all, me, you, yeah. and LeBron, we all have something in common now. <laughs> yeah. Not many people can say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. But to get back to the point, um, I think the biggest thing the Cavs can do to maximize their potential is Kevin Love with the five, mm. and and because it, it has it has to work. The only chance they have of beating Golden State is Kevin Love with the five. That's it. And then you it, just make it a, be, make it a shootout. I mean, you you, you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. You gotta hope. You gotta hope. And, and honestly, you have to just. Uh, I don't know. You can't make Golden State mad. Because they're just the worst team to you want to play against while they're angry. Right. They're like they're like the Hulk. Like they go crazy and you're just helpless laying there. Like oh gosh, like what do we do? And even if you don't, they're still gonna like find something. Like Draymond Green will find something to be mad at. Right. He's so good he's at like good motivating at himself. Yeah. Like over really like nothing. Like he's nitpicking. Like they won 73 games and he's like still mad about it. Like I love it. It's so awesome. Right. Draymond's so, doing such a good job right now is of everything that people object to about them. He just kind of agrees with it. <laughs> and like, like, you know, this last one is the, you guys are setting illegal screens and you know, it, it, rather than get defensive about it, he's just like, all right, you know, that's, you know, like it's kind of cool how he's accepting every little criticism almost as in a, just, you guys wait, just wait. You know, like I, yeah. I'm not going to argue. Oh, I'm just going to show you. And in today's age of social media, and now everything's so prevalent, everybody says everything. So he can literally just log on Twitter and get motivation, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, he can just literally sure. mention. For sure. And he'd just be like, he'd be like, just not, like, like I, just, I think of him like staring at Twitter, just looking at his mentions, just like calmly yeah. just nodding. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think you're right. Um, let me let me ask you. Yeah, let me let me ask you here, the real quick, just just to kind of move it along. Do you, is there a team in the Eastern Conference that you're that concerns you the most? Obviously, in the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Just just kidding. Um, Atlanta. That's the team. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yep. They uh, they're so good defensively this year. Mm-hmm. And they they like they suck at rebounding, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's been their thing. Like you can't normally be a good defensive team and be that bad at rebounding. Um, and and somehow they're I think they're like top five in defensive efficiency, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's that's remarkable. With you know you're playing guys like Kyle Korver, you know, and it's and you're a top five defensive team. I I don't think I would have guessed that at the beginning of the season. He's um, Bud has done such a great job at turning them into a great defensive team and yet maintaining their offensive identity and being able to, you know, their offense can get kind of boring, can get kind of stagnant, but it makes you work, you know, from from the time they get the ball. you got to be thinking about, you know, four or five different options they're running. And then, you know, I'm worried about Lou coaching in, in the playoffs. Right. I just am. I just don't. I'm not – I haven't seen much – to make me go like, okay, that was good. Right. Or like, you know, that's a great, great set, great after timeout. You know, dude's doing something differently. You know, if, if it's the end of the game, and you know, Cavs are down two with 35 seconds left, right? We know what's coming. We know ISO LeBron's coming. Right. But can can he convince the team that this set he's drawing up is better? You know, like, in game one, maybe. In game three, maybe. Yeah. Game five. 
Game six. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just not sold on it. Yeah. But I can tell you one thing that when when Atlanta calls a timeout and they're down two with ten seconds left right. and, and they drop a set, they're gonna run that set yep. and it's probably gonna work because he's one of the best after timeout coaches I've seen. Right. So um, that's what scares me. I think what hurts. I don't Atlanta. think. By, by the way. Yeah. I was, I was saying, I don't think Miami is the biggest threat people are making it out to be. That's right. all I'm gonna say on that. Yeah. I don't, I don't buy that. But well, we'll probably find out. I, 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 I believe. Um, I hope. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the thing that Atlanta has going against them is last year they were so good for, you know, three fourths of the season, and they kind of they ran into some adversity right as the playoffs began. And then this year they started slow, and it's kind of funny to me. It's always funny how fans, uh, especially casual fans, are a year behind on things because Atlanta's been really good for about two months now. I mean, they've been good for two years, but oh, they've yeah. really turned it on for two months now, maybe a little bit more, maybe three months. And, uh, you know, people are still discounting them. I still hear the same arguments about them and how they'll flame out, and I'm thinking, I don't know. This team, there's a lot to like about this team. And, and like you said, if the, if a series is 2-2, Atlanta doesn't have any pressure. Cleveland and LeBron yeah, and right. Love and Irving, they have a lot of pressure. Right? I mean, they, they got to get it done. Yeah. The Cavs have to, have to win, right? Like, right. they walked to the finals last year. Right. Everybody's pretty much saying they're going to walk to the finals this year. Yeah. And Atlanta might just be like, okay, yeah. that's fine. They're not going to miss as, as many shots as they did last year. I, I can, that's almost a guarantee. Right. They missed a lot of shots, a lot right. of shots. Who would so, it, and this is the last one, and then we'll get out of here. But who would you rather the Cavs face in the NBA Finals if they make it through the Eastern Conference? And I mean, I'm gonna th- I'm just gonna throw out Golden State and San Antonio because both teams I think present really unique challenges to the Cavs and to LeBron specifically. Who would you rather see? Man, um, the Clippers. Right, <laughs> right. That's the, that's, you pray that uh, it's the Clippers or Thunder. No. So out of San Antonio and Golden State, I would. I think you got to go San Antonio. I think everything Golden State does is better than the Cavs will ever do it. Right. Um, unless the Cavs are going to play LeBron at the five and go ultra small. <laughs> yeah. But then again, Draymond, Draymond Green is just going to not let that happen. Right. Like LeBron's going to have to literally play every minute as hard and fast as he's played in the last three or four years. And I don't know if he can do that, which is not a knock on him. It's just I don't know if anybody could do that. The I think the, Golden State. Oh, Go ahead. I was gonna say I think the Golden State versus Cleveland matchup is more interesting, just because there is a, a chance that both teams are just gonna say screw it, we're going super small for thirty minutes a game at each game, and the scores end up being like one thirty-five to one twenty-five. Um, there's always that chance. As good as as Golden State is defensively, LeBron with four shooters is still. Uh, an unstoppable uh, offense um, with San Antonio. Kawhi Leonard guards LeBron better than anybody I've ever seen, and and that series, if you just yeah. take, if you erase LeBron, which LeBron's still going to put up some numbers, but he's got, it, it, you erase him as much as any anybody can erase him. That series gets kind of boring for me, um, and I think San Antonio would just would just destroy him if you take LeBron out. So, if I'm a Cavs fan, I'm thinking I'm rooting for Golden State. Yeah, out of those two, you know, I, I was talking to I was talking to my dad about it, but I was like, you know, the Cavs' best chance to win the finals is having OKC or <laughs> right. Clippers get there. Right. Like, there's, I don't see them beating the Spurs. I don't see them beating the Warriors. Kawhi will, I mean, he shut down LeBron two years ago, 
he's better now. And he's better, he, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's better on both sides of the ball. Yeah. That means LeBron's going to have to guard him <laughs> and try to score on him. Like, yeah. good luck, right? Oh, man. And and you take LeBron out, right? Kyrie, I don't trust him to win the game. I don't, I don't necessarily trust Love on his own. Um, I think San Antonio is a better matchup, which is the worst part, right? Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you, you match up better on paper with San Antonio. Other than you, know, you can LeBron. play Love yeah. versus Aldridge. But but the problem is you got Kawhi. Kawhi is not gonna let <laughs> not gonna happen. So right. I think either way it'll be interesting. Cavs have to get there first. I don't, you know, as much as Atlanta threatens, I don't think any team really threatens the Cavs. I, I don't think they lose one of one game series. Um, just I, I think they just roll on to the, the finals and then hope, you know, for luck. You know, Steph Curry's ankle is bothering him. He's not playing tonight, but you know you don't want Iran injuries. But at the end of the day. We won a championship, so <laughs> if it's an injury, it's an injury. You know, I I don't care if there's an asterisk next to it. You can say whatever you want. If we win the championship, <laughs> that's all you want. Um, but I do want everybody to stay healthy. I'd love to see Golden State win the title, and I would love. I would, I just really look forward to the playoff developments and and the playoff matchups. I think rounds two, three, and four are going to be you know historic level basketball played. Um, but uh, yeah. Thanks a bunch for coming on, Coach. I really appreciate it. Um, really good chat, some good Nugget stuff, good draft stuff, good Cavs stuff. We'll look forward, I'm sure, uh, to more to more stuff on denverstiffs.com and also just following you on Twitter. Yeah, I appreciate it, Adam. It's awesome. You bet. All right, we'll see everybody next week. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes. Enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions.